You're listening to the best of the day. I say you the, you the best. Halford and Bruff. Whoa. Wait a minute. Huh? Hold up. What? Oh, okay. Did we just lose the f***ing Canucks? You're listening to Halford and Bruff. Good morning. Welcome to Halford and Bruff Studio of Fright. Happy Halloween. Horvat wins the ensuing faceoff. It comes back to the line for Ekman Larson. Long shot. They score. Tipped in front by Bo Horvat. But beware, it carries a terrible curse. Ooh, that's bad. But it comes with a free frogat. That's good. You could tell uh, it was like the weight of the world was lift, lifted off our shoulders, quite frankly, because every other third period has been like, uh-oh, what's going to happen? The frogat is also cursed. That's bad. Good morning, Vancouver 601. On a Halloween Monday, it is Halford, it is Bruff. It is Sportsnet 650. We are coming to you live from the spooky Kintec Studios in beautiful Fairview Slopes in Vancouver. Jason, good morning. Good morning. Uh, A-Dog, that was tremendous. Well done to you, Andy Cole. Good morning. (laughs) (laughs) It's so early. It's so early, but I love it. And finally, Greg Ballack, a.k.a. Laddie. On the wheels of steel. Good morning, Greg. Hello. Okay. Alfred and Bruff in the morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. How many Halloween puns can we cram into the first 30 minutes of the show? We will find out. Uh, experience a Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. I mentioned we are coming to you live from the Kintec Studios in beautiful Fairview Slopes in Vancouver. Jason, tell everybody more about Kintec. Oh, Kintec footwear and orthotics. How we love you. Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 1,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintech.net. As Andy alluded to in the intro, it is the Halford and Bruff Spooktacular. We did not dress up for Halloween. None of us did, as a matter of fact. A little alarming, a little surprising. Yeah, I was uh, looking through my closet, and I realized I don't have any Halloween costumes anymore. I always... Dress like a clown. <laughs> hey, hello. We are streaming today, though, so people can see us on Twitter. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You are dressed poorly. That's your costume, I repeat, poorly. Uh, big show today on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Uh, very appropriate, given it is a big sports day and night. On It's not just Halloween, folks. There's a lot going on. Uh, our first guest is going to join us to talk a little baseball. Dan Shulman, who's on the call of the World Series for ESPN Radio, is going to join us as the World Series shifts to Philadelphia. Think about this. World Series game in Philly on Halloween, and it's the first time that the World Series has been back in Philly since 2009. I feel like it might be a very festive, vibrant crowd at yeah. the bank tonight. It might get a little a little boozy, a little rowdy, maybe even a little obnoxious. Just a bit. So we're going to uh, talk to Dan at 6.30 about that. 7 o'clock, Mike Tannier, our NFL insider from Football Outsiders. He is also a presentation of the Clayton Public House. Uh, we're going to talk to Mike. Uh, I don't know if we'll lead with the Seahawks. I feel like I want to. There were a lot of other stories in the National oh, we're Football League yesterday. Seahawks. But I think we have to lead with the 5-3 and three know, Seattle Seahawks. You know where? what question we should ask Mike Tannier? 
Um, where does Geno Smith rank among NFL quarterbacks this season? Is Geno Smith the NFL MVP? Is Pete Carroll the <laughs> NFL's coach of the year? Are they going to win all the major awards, including the Super Bowl? Yes. I mean, that, that's not a leading question or anything. 8 o'clock, Ian McIntyre from Sportsnet is going to join us. Canucks are on fire, folks. One of their best two wins of the season was on Friday against the Pittsburgh Penguins. 5-1. At Rogers Arena. No, it was, it was it was their best win of the season. It was so the one con- of their two best wins. No, 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 no. If we're gonna have debate, it was it was easily their best win of the season. I mean, what a and 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 what a thing to say, right? That it was their best win of the season. It, I'm right? gonna say, wow, like, they it's must in be the, on fire. I want to push back and say it's in the top two. I don't want to debate this, but the Canucks five-one uh, victors over the Pittsburgh Penguins on Friday. They don't play again until Tuesday against New Jersey. So we got a lot to talk about with IMAC here because almost immediately after we went off the air on Friday, everything happened. Of course, Canucks acquired Ethan Bear from Carolina in a trade. Also, Lane Peterson. Uh, that was Friday afternoon. Friday evening, they go out and have this really big victory against Pittsburgh. And then this weekend, all the new guys got introduced. Jack Studnika, Ethan Bear, they met with the media. All this stuff happened. We were sitting there, not on the air. So that's what's going on the show today. 8 o'clock is IMAC. 7 o'clock is Mike Tannier. Uh, 6.30 is Dan Shulman. Uh, there's a bunch of sports tonight. World Series, Monday Night Football, lots of basketball, lots of hockey. It's Coors Halloween as well, so we'll be doing our usual Halloween hijinks here. But uh, without further ado, I need to tell everybody what happened. Hey, did you guys see the game last night? No. Oh, what happened? I missed all the action because I was... We know how busy your life can be. What happened? Missed that? You missed that? What happened? Canucks win! Canucks win! Again, I just realized that the Halloween intro... It did, did it include our Detroit fan blogger friend? Because I didn't hear him. Uh, yes, it did. Did it? Michael. I must have missed that off the top. Good. So everything is back to normal in Vancouver. Canucks get their second consecutive victory. A 5-1 win over the Pens on Friday night. Horvat with a pair of goals. Kuzmenko with a goal and an assist. Spencer Martin, 34 saves. Pretty impressive. Canucks are now two wins. He has two wins in a row heading into Tuesday night's game against New Jersey. I was in the press box Friday night like a real media guy. Nice. Um, and one of the things that I went to see really was Sidney Crosby, frankly, because <laughs> I don't know how many more times I'm going to get to see him in person. So, you know, Friday night, I've, I've got the opportunity to go there. The Canucks were also playing, but <laughs> at the end of the day, the Canucks really impressed me. And I think they really impressed the crowd there. Here's what's funny. This Canucks fan base wants a winner so badly, and it is still quite enthusiastic. After the game, I'm walking out of the arena and the fans are streaming out of the arena down the steps uh, by all the statues out front. They're chanting, Bruce, there it is. Nice. And granted, you know, it's it's Friday night, so a lot of them are into it and probably their night isn't going to end right there. But I'm thinking, like, they're chanting, Bruce, there it is. The Canucks are 2-5-2. and two. But that's how desperately... This fan base wanted a positive performance at home from the Canucks because it was their first positive performance at home. Uh, you know, their first one was that disastrous loss to Buffalo. Their second one was getting really outclassed by the Carolina Hurricanes. And let's be honest, most of us were thinking they're probably going to get outclassed by the Pittsburgh Penguins, who had been rested in Vancouver 
who are coming off a couple of poor performances in Alberta and were looking to bounce back. Meanwhile, the Canucks had to scratch and claw their way to a win in Seattle on a Thursday night and then return home once again without the likes of Quinn Hughes and Brock Besser in the lineup to play this Penguins team. And what do you know? The Canucks beat the Penguins 5-1, and it was way more impressive than Thursday's victory in Seattle. Uh, You know, there are tons of positive storylines from the Canucks. Spencer Martin was solid. Uh, It was the right call by Bruce Boudreaux to go with Spencer Martin, the backup. Uh, JT Miller found his legs. Easily the best performance from JT Miller. I don't think he'll be going back to center anytime soon unless the Canucks run into some serious injury issues down the middle. Yep. Uh, he was he was uh, winning battles. He was turning pucks over in a good way, i.e. he wasn't giving them away. He was causing the turnovers. Uh, Elias Pe- Pettersson, excellent again. Uh, I think it was, yeah, it was the Canucks' third goal, and that was a big one to make it 3-1 Vancouver in the third. Perfectly positioned in the neutral zone. Picks off a Penguins outlet pass. Uh, a few seconds later, it's 3-1 for the Canucks. Bo Horvat. This guy is not making it any easier to re-sign this guy. Fifth and sixth goals of the season already, so that's six goals. Yep. He's been been very good. In nine games. Uh, Shen and Burroughs were absolute bruisers on the back end, especially Luke Shen, uh, who bullied Evgeny Malkin in front of the Canucks net. And how many times have we said, like, man, the Canucks need to just be tougher in front of their own net? Luke Shen bullied Jenny Malkin in front of the net. And I think probably the, the key in all this, the Canucks actually won a third period. They outscored the Pittsburgh Penguins 3 to nothing. Uh, everything went really well for the Vancouver Canucks mm-hmm. on Friday night. The question now is, was that a one-off? Or can the Canucks actually build on this? And just like last season, they're being forced to dig out of a pretty big hole. Not as big as last season. Not as big as last season. There haven't been as many games. They're 2-5-2. and It can be recovered from, but it's going to be tough. They've already uh, taken away quite a bit of margin for error. Uh, Let's hear from the head coach right now, that being Bruce Boudreaux. He of the Bruce, there it is, Chance, talking about the weight being lifted off the shoulders of the team. So there was that first win in Seattle, which did some of the thing. And then more importantly, a resounding statement victory at home. Important to note at home in front of the Rogers arena faithful over the Pittsburgh Penguins. Here is Bruce Boudreaux now on the weight being lifted off his guy's shoulders. Well, I I feel that there's, you know, it's two games, but I mean, you could tell uh, it was like the weight of the world was lifted off our shoulders quite frankly, because every other third period has been like, "Uh uh-oh, what's going to happen that's negative? And I think once we got through the first three minutes, then it was like, okay, let's go, and everybody just played. And uh, uh, and I I thought it was really good. It was, I think confidence is an amazing um, thing. And when you don't have it, it kills you. And when you have it, it's it's really good. And, And it looks like we're gaining a little bit right now. I mean, we're not out of the woods. We're two and five, but I mean, uh, we're better than we were a week ago. Two five and two, Bruce. Two five and two. Okay, I'm gonna do a little uh, updated vibe check on the team here because vibes are the most important things when you're when you're looking at a team. But we just talked about they feel like the weight of the world's off their shoulders. <laughs> um, the, the the little things that you know we always tend to overreact to. 
Uh, JT Miller. So first, kudos on Boudreaux and the coaching staff. for being. You know what? This center thing's not working. Mm -hmm. It's not. This is not going great. You know, you could have kept trying to push and push and hope that it would have worked itself out. Moved him to the wing. The response so far, uh, scoring goals, I think as in terms of the important symbolic things, that moment at the end of the game against Seattle where he laid out to block the shot and they're celebrating and he's down on the ice, I think it probably was one of those things where it's like, these are the steps you're going to need to take and this is the way you're going to need to play if we're going to be successful. Right? I think you just got to think less when you're a winger. Mm -hmm. when, you're, when you're a center, you got a lot more responsibilities in your own end and it seemed at times, frankly, that JT Miller was almost paralyzed by the, by the assignment because he wasn't even moving. And he's a big dude. He's got to move his legs. And that's what he's he's able to do. He's more more able to focus on moving his legs in the offensive zone um, as opposed to all the responsibilities he's got mm -hmm. in the defensive zone. So there's there's that's great. That's a very positive development. Secondly, uh, I think the coaching staff, Bruce Boudreau, Ian Clark, deserve credit for getting the goaltending right in that back-to-back -back in Seattle and then at home against Pittsburgh because we talked about it. There was a variety of different ways they could have gone with it, right? Think about it. You could have gone with Martin first, and then you bring Demko in to have that Pittsburgh game. You do the inverse, which is what worked for them. We even talked about the possibility of giving Demko both. Are you desperate enough to get that done? But Spencer Martin comes in, and Bruce Boudreaux, and I want to play some audio here as well, made a couple of interesting points here. One is that every single game that Spencer Martin has ever played for the Vancouver Canucks, he has gotten them at least a point. He is 4-0-4. Because remember, his first game this year was that uh, overtime loss where they got a point in Columbus. Columbus is brutal, by the way. We'll get to that a little bit later. So I want to play. Let's loop these back-to-back. -back. This is Bruce Boudreaux talking about the play of Spencer Martin, one of the big positives from that Friday win over the Penguins, and then talking about the role that he might be playing moving forward on this team. He made the big saves when you had to make them. And, uh, uh, well, you know, and I mean, that's all I've seen of him, like eight games now, and he's gotten points in eight straight. So uh, it's uh, uh, I haven't seen him do anything negative, and that's, that's great when you can have your other goaltender doing that. It, it makes an inner competition a little bit. I'm sure I'm going to try, you know. I mean, uh, we've we've got so many games coming every other day, it seems like. I mean, uh, and the guys have as much uh, faith in him as anything right now. So I'm sure he's going to play before there's another back-to-back. -back. So Bo Horvat, the captain, was saying afterwards that, yeah, it's great. There's a lot more energy, more smiles on our faces. But then he said, we still got to dig ourselves out of this hole. We put ourselves in this situation just because we won two games. You can't be satisfied. We've got to keep going here. Yeah, they do. And they've got three more home games against New Jersey, Anaheim, and Nashville before they head back east on a pretty tough road trip. They go into Ottawa, and obviously the Sens are a different team this year. Montreal, Toronto, Boston, and Buffalo. So... I put out this tweet on Saturday morning and some people agreed with it. Some people thought it was a bit of a jerk move on my part. Mm. And the tweet was, that was a good response there. Thank mm. you for grunting into the microphone. Uh -huh. I was I looking forward to the responses that. myself. As soon as you tweeted it, as I'm like, tweeted it. as soon as you tweeted, I'm like, this is going to be great. Yep. And I said, and I tweeted out, I'm kind of mad at the Canucks this morning after the way they played last night 
Where was that gutsiness on the road trip? Where was that JT Miller? Now they'll be battling back from this bad start all season. Very frustrating. Now, obviously, I I did it to get some responses. And the responses I got, you know, some people agreed with it. They were like, man, classic Canucks, right? They, They make things hard on themselves. A lot of people were, you know, pushed back with the obvious, like, so let me get this straight. You're mad when they're losing, and you're also mad when they're winning. And I was kind of like, yeah, that that's kind of it, actually. Mm-hmm. Because they showed on Friday that they can play pretty good hockey and that they can man up because those are what they were saying. we got to act like men here, right? They, they can play that type of game against a Pittsburgh team that, yeah, they're scuffling a bit. I get it. And maybe they had a few big nights in Vancouver. I don't know. <laughs> kind of looked like it. But Def- definitely they, looked like it. They played – the Canucks played tough. They played disciplined. They played a really good game. And so, yeah, that's a positive, right? And it was fun hearing the fans ch- uh, chanting, Bruce, there it is, all night, and Bruce, there it is, outside of the arena. But at the end of the day, you're still looking at this 2-5-2 and two record and going – God, they've made it hard on themselves yet again, just like they did last season. Um, and, and I think in Vancouver, like the Whitecaps have done it two years in a row. And it's just, it's frustrating to get off to bad starts. Like, yes, it's good that they won. And, and li- listen to how positive we've been about their performance on Friday. We were glowing about their performance, talking about all the positives. Gushing, if you will. But they got to keep it going. Right? Let's not be fooled by one good performance out of nine. Well, yeah. I mean, the, the big thing is good teams don't constantly dig themselves out of holes. They don't. Because they're not in holes. Yeah, they don't ever have to be in one. They're usually winning games. Or when it becomes a little puddle or a little nook in the, in the soil, they find a way to get out of it right away. They don't dig and dig and dig and then, oh, dig up, stupid. Like, it's they, this, is the, this is the second year in a row, though. That's where, like, I understood. And their confidence doesn't go up and down and up and down and up and down. People were replying, well, they're a streaky team. Yeah, that's not a great thing, right? That's well, not a great thing if you're streaky. We're to get out of here. We'll dig our way out. No, no, dig up, stupid. See, that's it. That's the entire thing. But it's interesting now because uh, we talk about the team having a history of being streaky. And, you know, maybe they're not being the most consistent team on the planet. Right now... Things are trending in an upward trajectory because they've got the two wins in a row, one of them at home. They've got the rest of this extended homestand where they've got winnable games on the horizon, folks. I know we throw that term around a lot. And then I think importantly, and we need to get to this because we haven't yet, um, kudos to management who, you know, according to some audio from Elliot Friedman over the weekend, management issued a, a warning of sorts. To the players, a message was sent that changes were going to come if they continued this lackluster play to start the season. Well, sure enough, in the span of two days, they went out and acquired Jack Studnika. And then, more importantly, and I think that's fair to say, more importantly, they went out and acquired Ethan Bear from Carolina. Now, the story on Bear, for those that aren't all that familiar, although I imagine most of you are by this point because the trade happened on Friday, got off to a very bright start to his career in Edmonton, was swapped straight up for Warren Fogle in an Edmonton-Carolina swap and went to Carolina, and he just never really fit. He kind of showed something, but then uh, he struggled with COVID, was one big major issue there as well. He got out of the lineup and then never really was able to work his way back in. Mm -hmm. So you can 
kind of look at this if you want to go house of negativity or house of positivity. House of positivity would be change of scenery would be great. This is a guy that's got some real talent and looks like a bona fide NHL defenseman. House of negativity will be how did it not work in Carolina? How did he eventually lose his spot to a guy like Jalen Chatfield, who's in the lineup now and he's not? Well, Jalen Chatfield's a, a pretty different type of player right. than him. I mean, yeah, they're right shot defenseman, right? But uh, I think Chatfield's a more stay-at-home type. We saw him in Vancouver, and maybe that's what Carolina just wanted on their third pairing. They've got Brent Burns on the right side on the top pairing, who's a you know a puck mover's puck mover. Yep. And then Brett Pesci uh, has has a second pair, who's who's just a good solid player, and he he's not coming out of the lineup. Maybe they just wanted a more just a more traditional third pairing guy on the right side who can go out there and kill penalties. I don't know if Ethan Bear kills penalties. I, I really, you know, I, I know he's a puck mover. Mm-hmm. I know that he had some good years in Edmonton. Uh, I know that he was a fan favorite in Edmonton because remember that game I went to in Edmonton, and I've told this story before on the show. Yep. Um, it was against the Carolina Hurricanes, and there were a ton of, of Ethan Bear jerseys that night yeah. because he was just a big fan favorite, obviously being indigenous in Alberta. He was a fan favorite there. And I think, I hope he's going to be a fan favorite here in Vancouver as well. Um, I don't know where he's going to slot into the lineup Tuesday against the New Jersey, uh, New Jersey devils is their next game, the Canucks next game. And that's going to be a tough one. Like the devils had a tough start and everyone was chanting fire Lindy in, in Newark. Um, they're six and three. Now they've won six of their last seven. This is a, this is a good team. If they get the goaltending, this is a good team. Um, but the way the Canucks performed on Friday night, like I'd have a real issue taking say Burroughs out of the lineup yeah. or Luke Shen out of the lineup. I don't think Tyler Myers is coming out. So what do you do? Um, do you bite the bullet and say, Kyle Burroughs, I'm, I'm really sorry. Like you, you played a really rugged game against the Penguins, but we got to take you out. Or do you maybe flip Burroughs over to the left side if you want to put Ethan Bear in and put Ethan Bear in for Jack Rathbone? So I, we'll, I don't know. We'll find out more at uh, the morning skate or today's practice, what have you, on Sunday – the Canucks did practice, and Bear was on a pairing with Stillman, which was essentially the fourth pair. Uh, Hughes was skating with Shen, Breezeball with Myers, Rathbone with Burroughs. OEL had the day off, I think, just to sleep, probably. Though I just rest. Please rest. He so. doesn't look good right now. He's playing he, too much, he, too. That he, doesn't help. Yeah, he doesn't look good, though. Yeah. He's given the puck away a lot. Now, hopefully the return of Quinn Hughes, and Hughes is expected to return on Tuesday, will help Oliver ekman Larson right now. But that's... Um, that's uh, – oh, here's a negative Vancouver media again. That okay. is a concern. Oliver ekman Larson's play so far this season. So, Ethan Bear, where does he fit here? I think the big takeaway that everyone had was that there's going to be more opportunity in Vancouver than there was in Carolina. Carolina's blue line is better. It's deeper. And as you pointed out, maybe the game that Bear plays didn't necessarily fit with what they wanted to do on a third pairing. Uh, a lot of people are already saying he'll be a top-four guy. Uh, we've got Bruce Boudreaux audio here on the incoming Ethan Bear where he sees him slotting in to the lineup. We can also play some Patrick Alvin audio as well in the aftermath of the trade. Here's Boudreaux on Bear. Uh, everything we can do to improve our team is is uh, I'm good by. So, I mean, uh, I haven't seen Ethan play in a long time, but, I mean, uh, I remember him in Edmonton as a uh, very good puck-moving defenseman and very uh, aggressive offensively. So, we're looking forward to having him here. 
Uh, and we'll turn to Alvin now, who obviously orchestrated the trade on Friday. And, you know, changes have to happen with a team that was scuttling along like Vancouver was. So it's Stadnika and Bear in the door. Uh, this is where he could see Bear playing. And he already mentioned sort of a top four role, given the Canucks' lack of depth on the blue line. Although they do have about nine NHL guys right now, if you include all the guys that are injured. But here's where Alvin sees Ethan Bear slotting into the lineup. That that is uh, a question for the coaching staff. Um, all I know that is he is uh, not a young uh, defenseman that we're able to get in here, uh, and uh, he's on his uh, last year of his deal and his uh, RFA after this year. So I'm uh, excited to see what he has to give us here, and uh, the coaching staff will figure out the pairings. Definitely, I, I you know he's still young, so I'm I'm hoping he's going to find his way. Um, as I said before, especially for defensemen, and I've seen a lot of them, it's, it's a lot of ups and downs before you establish yourself and understand how to play night in and night out. And, and he's definitely capable of being a top four defenseman. Uh, we're just going to make sure he understands how we want to play and then the coach is going to find a fit for him. It does seem, I guess, unlikely that he would play Tuesday against New Jersey because you look at it and you're like, who, one, do you ever change a lineup after a win? Because it was good vibes on Friday night. You don't want to mess with that. And then, two, who would you justifiably take out? Well, it's going to change a little bit because Quinn Hughes is going to be back in the lineup. Right. But that's different, right? I mean, Hughes is healthy. Yeah. He goes. Hughes goes in for Breezebois. Yeah. Despite Breezebois actually playing quite well. Well, that's another one, right? Like, he on came Friday. up. Yeah, he, he's done a good job given the situation. And I don't want to, like, throw stones at Noel Juleson, but Juleson was also thrown into a similar situation mm-hmm. where it's like, you're from the A. You're in the NHL, good luck, and Breezebois has done a pretty good job, so kudos to him. Uh, so we'll have lots more Canucks talk in this hour, but we're going to take a quick break from the hockey talk to chat with Dan Shulman about the World Series. Tied one all between the Phillies and Astros. Game three goes tonight in Philly, so a quick break to chat with Dan Shulman, and then uh, later in the hour we can play some Elliot Friedman audio about what this Canucks management group has told the players. You're listening to the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. This is the best of Halford and Bruff. Download the full show through Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the best of the day. Halford and Bruff. Bueno, aquí viene... Segras con el disco. Segras. Hace el tiro. Trevor Segras le da victoria a los Ducks de Anaheim por marcador final de 4 3. 7.35 on a Monday. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. Happy Halloween, everybody. Laddie, what was that we were listening to coming back from break? That was a Spanish call of the Leafs losing to the Anaheim Ducks last night in overtime. So, the Toronto Maple Leafs. You know, now that the Canucks are back and they're awesome at hockey again and they're winning all their games. So good. Right? I don't know. They'll, never, they'll probably never lose again. This, I mean, they've won two in a row. Yeah. So. And the next one will be three in a row, right? That's yeah. math. I can do math. Uh, it's time to look at some other teams that stink. We don't stink anymore. Let's go look at some other teams that stink. Toronto Maple Leafs, they stink. I love, I love a, a Leafs losing streak 
more than I'm angered by a Leafs winning streak. Because when the Leafs are winning, and it's you're going to get the content crammed down your throats anyway, right? It's the reaping and sowing meme. Yeah, basically. <laughs> this sucks. I hate it. Um, you When they're winning, it's like everyone's lauding. It's like, uh, is Austin Matthews going to go in the Hall of Fame before he retires? Like that kind of thing, right? It's these <laughs> unbelievable conversations. But now when they lose... Everyone picks apart everything so thoroughly and so critically, and it's chef's kiss, right? But, so, they, but they deserve to be picked apart. Yes, right exactly. Now. They were picking but, apart the timeout that Keith took yes. late in the game. Saying nobody gl- was nobody was listening to him. Nobody was watching him. Mm-hmm. It's glorious. I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Yes. It's, it's one of my favorite things to watch is the Leafs collapse. So seeing all the talk the, around that, the Leafs are four, four, and two, and it seems like every loss of theirs has been kind of a big deal. Remember, they start the season in Montreal. They lost 4-3. Uh, the Habs won it late in the game. And afterwards, Sheldon Keefe was talking about how sloppy the hockey was. Now, they did bounce back with a couple wins, but then they lost at home to Arizona. And I think when they did that, it was like, oh boy. We could be in for a shaky, bumpy start to the Leafs season because after that one, Sheldon Keefe, the head coach, called out his elite players and said they didn't play like elite players against the Arizona Coyotes. He basically said, Toronto has elite players. Arizona doesn't. Our elite players need to play like elite players. And then he walked that statement back because I guess Mitch Marner was upset by it. Then, then he, he walked, walked back, back another walked back. statement, but I'm, and then he said, you know, it's about managing the media or, or something like that. So it just goes to show you that the media and all the attention on this Leafs team is definitely getting to this Leafs team. Um, they did bounce back after the Arizona Coyotes. Um, Loss and they had a good win over Dallas. That was the uh, Robertson game, Nick versus Jason, and Nick ended up being the better player in that one. Uh, they beat Winnipeg, but then they head out on this Western road trip to Nevada and California, and it was bad. It was a disaster. They got thoroughly outplayed in Vegas, and the Golden Knights, man, that's a good team right now. Jack Eichel, did you see his overtime winner yesterday, Laddie? It was pretty impressive. It's a very selfish play. He didn't pass it once <laughs> sure on that entire play. Uh, and then they go to San Jose, bad team, lose to them in overtime. Go to L.A., lose 4-2 in regulation. And then last night they had a 3-1 lead over Anaheim, and it looked like they were going to at least finish this California road trip with a positive. They found a way to blow it. Mm-hmm. The Ducks I- tied it. They almost won it, I saw. There was a goal that got called off because of goalie interference. Yeah, the, the Ducks well. nearly won it in regulation, uh, but then they ultimately did win it in overtime. And Mitch Marner is a real talking point right now because I guess Sheldon Keefe gave him the business on, on the bench, was pointing at him and saying that it's your turnovers that is the reason why the Ducks have tied this game up. And then Mitch Marner left the bench purportedly to go back and, I guess, break his stick or something, have a little temper tantrum out of the scene of the cameras. But it was very obvious, like, you know, like when a player gets up from the bench and leaves, especially if it's Mitch Marner, all the cameras are going to be on it. And then he comes back later. And anyway, not going well. Yeah, it wasn't that. It was not that. (laughs) So Mitch Marner in overtime – has a great chance to win the game for the Leafs, but John Gibson makes a great save on him, and then Trevor Zegers goes back on a two-on-one the other way. Not right after that, but eventually. And the Ducks win the game, and the Leafs are flying home. That's a long flight back to Toronto Yep. to think about 
four straight losses for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And we've got some Mitch Marner audio. And <laughs> let's just play the Mitch Marner audio because he's definitely got like this attitude. It seems to be this attitude that everyone's out to get us. And granted, we are. Yeah. Well, he's right For not, sure. He's right about that. He ain't wrong. But he's kind of got a like, uh, everyone's trying to hurt us vibe. And I don't know if the fans in Toronto are going to really love what Mitch Marner had to say here. You know, we started off a lot worse last year, and everyone tried to put, you know, shambles in our brains. So it's not going to happen with us. Um, you know, we're getting to go back home now. Um, it's time to regroup, um, rethink, and. You know, just make sure uh, we get some good practices in us here and um, make sure we're ready to go for the next one. Sounds like they were successful putting the shambles in his brain. I hate it when people put shambles in my brain. What are shambles in the brain? Yeah, Everyone tried to put, you know, shambles in our brains. I kind of want to use it now, moving forward. Sorry, I got shambles in my brain. Say that again. (laughs) It's Monday. I got shamble brain. (laughs) Shambles. They got me. Anyway, uh, so the the other story with Marner and Keith yesterday was that uh, in the midst of this little temper tantrum he had off camera, Keith benched Marner. Which everyone was like, good, he's sending a message. But then he quickly unbenched Marner because, as you mentioned, he had a, a chance in, in overtime. So people are like, where's the accountability? Why are we holding Mitch Marner to a higher standard? So there's that going on, which is great. I love it when. Do you think Keith's going to last the season? No, I don't think I don't think he is no. either. I, I think that's a Barry Trotz job real quick. He, just... seems, he seems to just be like holding on. <laughs> that I... whole thing after the Arizona loss was just so weird. I don't think. He's got a great relationship with the players right now. Which is funny because he was supposed to be the antidote to Mike Babcock. He was supposed mm-hmm. to be more of a player's coach than Babcock. I think anyone's more of a player's coach than and Babcock. And they're like, this guy sucks. Yeah, <laughs> they're like, I don't like him. Can, can they well, stop playing Shulgren? Like, what? Come on. Shulgren? Like, what? Okay, well, that's another issue that they've got. Is yeah. The goaltending isn't very good. Well, the defense isn't very good either. That's another issue that they've got is the defense isn't very good. And by extension, with the Sheldon Keefe still having his job, Everyone knows that he's Kyle Dubas's guy, right? And Kyle Dubas has built this roster, including a defense that desperately needs someone. There was a story written and published on sportsnet.ca after the Canucks acquired Ethan Bear. Because I think a lot of people in Toronto were like, why didn't the Leafs get Ethan Bear? Yeah. It's a fifth-round draft pick. Surely the Leafs could have... Uh, bucked up a fifth-round draft pick, but apparently they didn't want to. I guess they've already traded away quite a few of their draft picks, but like people are desperate for something to change on the Leafs' blue the, line. It's not good enough right now. If the, you look at it, it's not very good. The Bear to Toronto, uh, Ethan Bear, not Carlton, the Bear. Bear to Toronto, rumors were out there, um, and it just was one of those things where a lot of fans were saying, hey, uh, we're in win-now mode. This team is designed to win right now. All due respect to the fifth-round pick it would have cost you down the road. Maybe even up the ante a little bit to get a guy in that we think can play because the defense isn't very good. I also want to add this from last night because a lot of people were pointing this out in the aftermath as well. Toronto got all kinds of breaks in that game. It wasn't like they didn't have not just the opportunities to win it, but they got the Refereeing, goal- yeah. Well, the goalie interference call. I, I watched it like five times. It's Adam Henrique. Uh, it was a fr- weird one. In front, it wasn't that weird. He was outside the crease. But he they was, were pushing and shoving. It was two guys that were battling for position. But okay, this is almost re- removal from the Leafs getting a, a, a f- favorable call. You, th- we have no idea what is goalie interference and what isn't. 
The only thing we kind of know is like, well, the, the, the part outside of the blue ice in front of that, the white ice, that's the forwards ice. He can be there. The blue ice is goalie ice, white ice, forward ice. So I watched it in real time, and all Henrique is doing is battling for the puck. Does he lodge? Was it uh, was it Engvall? I don't remember who it was in front of the net. Does he hold the player and prevent him uh, from moving out of Shalgren's way? For sure. But that's what the forward's supposed to do. He's supposed to. That's his ice right there. So the Leafs got that call. They also got a penalty shot in the third period. On they they did a frame by frame of a a Ducks forward going in in a similar fashion on a breakaway. Mm-hmm. And getting hacked on the hands in a similar fashion, no penalty shot. Right. But the Leafs got one. So now you've got the added media element of where a lot of the reporters are saying, not only does this team stink, but they're given opportunities to win games that they probably shouldn't, and they can't even do it. Because Anaheim's terrible. Anaheim lost seven games in a row going into that game against the Leafs last night. Well, the Leafs may be struggling, but not as badly as the Columbus Blue Jackets, who have lost their last three games 6-3 to Arizona, which you don't want to do. 4-0 Four nothing to Boston, and on Sunday, seven one to the New Jersey Devils. The Devils, by the way, are the Canucks' next opponent Tuesday at Rogers Arena. The Devils are playing some good hockey, but the Blue Jackets are not. They're now three seven and zero. And remember, the last time we focused on the Blue Jackets, it was when the Canucks played them back on October eighteenth. It was the battle of the teams that hadn't won. The Canucks then played another battle of the teams that hadn't won in Minnesota and lost that one. The Canucks lost that one 4-3 in overtime. They should have won the game, though. Yes. They had a multi-goal lead in Columbus. And that was the game that Johnny Gaudreau scored that tying goal. And Spencer Martin probably should have saved it. He probably should have done better on it. It was a wraparound goal. Spencer Martin got a little aggressive, bit badly on the fake, and Gaudreau scored. Now... Easy They're, save for Luongo, though. Easy save for Luongo. Yeah. Not so much for Tim Thomas. Tim yeah. Thomas probably wouldn't have stopped that either because he's very aggressive. There were all sorts of issues before Spencer Martin had to make that decision. Uh, it was a bad line change by the Canucks. Their defensemen, you know, were I think they hit each other. It was it was bad. But things were, weren't going very well for the Vancouver Canucks back then. Um, in Columbus, obviously they went into the season with excitement. I don't know about expectations. I don't know high expectations, but excitement that Johnny Gaudreau chose them. Mm-hmm. Now they're looking at this team that's 3-7-0, and and I don't know what their goal differential is, but it's got to be bad because their last three games, they've been outscored 17-4. to They're bleeding goals, bleeding chances. The, crazy, the craziest stat in all of it, though, is you're looking at, well, defensively, they're awful. They don't have a power play goal this year. 0 for They're 25. 0 for 25 on the power play. We go crazy here when the like and granted the Canucks PK was god awful to start yeah. the year. But if could you imagine if the Canucks at this stage of the season didn't have a single power play goal and were 0 for 25, we would be apoplectic. We'd be losing our minds. And that would be the talking point. What are the Canucks going to do to score on the power play? How many different ways can we ask Bruce Boudreaux about the power play? Who's coaching the power play? Is it Jason King? Why is it not better? We would have all those questions out there. And what makes it crazier in Columbus is the addition that they had, Johnny Gaudreau would theoretically make that unit pretty, better. Pretty creative player. And you, they've got Patrick Lino, though. He's hurt for a while. Do you think when they finally score one, the cannon will just fire repeatedly? For all the missed attempts. Like what I don't even know what you what <laughs> it's do you possible. do? What do you backfire? Uh oh. What do you even do at that point? Like you have to celebrate, but you can't go crazy. 
right? <laughs> like you have to, you have to be like, okay, we should, but you, it'll be like, it'll be like, remember when the Canucks won their first game? Everyone was pretty happy, right? Yeah. So, Although a lot of people walked off when a bunch GT of Bronx won. cheers, probably. I imagine. <laughs> I don't so know. we have some, we have some sad audio to play. Sad Elvis Merzlikens, who is two four and zero for the Blue Jackets, and has a save percentage of eight sixty four which is not a very good save percentage. <laughs> and I should preface this audio is from before the 7-1 to loss to New Jersey. Okay. That's, this is how sad they were before giving up. Here, come, here comes the sadness. Yeah, I did not have the start of the season how I wanted. And I don't need anybody else to tell me what to do. I know what to do. I'm trying to figure out what to do. I sucked. I know that. But right now here it's all about us. We need to get out of this together. It's not about goaltending. It's not about defensemen. It's not about forwards. It, it's all about us together. He has socked, and he will continue to sock. What did he say? Seven <laughs> goals <socked>. against. <laughs> seven goals against uh, in New Jersey. Again, this Devils team, if they get the goaltending, this is one of the more improved teams in the NHL, it feels like they're rounding into form, and the Canucks will see them Tuesday at Rogers Arena. Okay, a few of you have texted into the Dunbar Lumber text line and asked about this major announcement or major press conference that the Canucks are going to be holding at Rogers Arena at 2.30. Mike and I haven't been told anything about this. Um, from what's being reported, it doesn't sound like it's going to be a uh, – player-related thing. Like, it's not Bo Horvat signing a contract. That We all know that signings don't go down like that. right? If it was Bo Horvat signing a contract extension, the insiders would have it already because the agent would have let it fly. He's right. right? It's, a, it's a trade. Yeah, it's it's not. <laughs> it's it's. It, I don't think it has anything to do with player-related. Um, I have an inkling of what it is. I'm 99% sure I know what it is, but I'm not going to say it because I'm not 100%. I don't have any confirmation on you it. tease. But I think it's a business-related thing. And you, so, jinx, you jinx it by saying it, so better not say anything. You know, That's if, how it works. If there's one thing, Jinx or get fired? Yeah. <laughs> Probably both. <laughs> yeah. if there's In one, that order. If there's one thing that we have at the Halford and Bruff Show, it's journalistic integrity. We don't like to run with stories until we got them. 100%, even though I'm pretty sure we were like borderline, like eh, I saw something on Reddit the other day. Should we talk about it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but oh other than that, oh we are dedicated, dedicated to the highest standards of journalistic integrity. Um, I think personally, it's going to be a Halloween related announcement, right? Like yeah, it's right. going to be, we're going to, yeah, we're yeah, having, yeah. we're having a spooky day here at the arena. And he's going to do a spooky voice on the PA for the next connection. But again, that, again, I don't want to run with that because I don't have it sourced quite yet. Rutherford I, comes out in costume. So <laughs> I, I, I saw think? on Twitter, someone suggested that uh, Rip the dog maybe has a Halloween costume and yeah. they, they, they wanted to show him off. Imagine that, if that actually was what it was. <laughs> come on, we boy, have the goodest boy here, here. ready to Greatest show press conference ever. <laughs> I would be so impressed with them. Yeah, the yeah everyone's like, I'm not even mad we came out for this. This is amazing. You know what? Two, five, and two, don't care anymore. <laughs> So far, this season has been great. Look at the little dog. He's in a pumpkin. That's amazing. Uh, so, there is, so there is a major press conference, 2.30 uh, today at Rogers Arena. Um, we haven't been told what it is. We have an inkling of what it is. But you're just going to have to wait, probably. Um, the Canucks this week, 
three more home games. Mm-hmm. Tuesday against New Jersey, Thursday against Anaheim, and Saturday against Nashville. We have tickets to give away for every one of those games, by the way. So it's great. Two you, pairs today, one tomorrow, one Thursday, one Friday. It's pretty rad. I'm not going to lie. We don't there's actually give away a lot. There's a bunch of stuff to go to this week in Vancouver. There's three Canucks games, and then, of course, Sunday. You got the BC Lions hosting the Calgary Stampeders in a playoff game Sunday, one thirty, at BC Place. Uh, the Canucks have obviously opportunities to win some games on this homestand. If you're a playoff team, all your home team, all your home games should be winnable games or opportunities. Um, the Canucks have only won one of their first three at Rogers Arena. New Jersey will be a tough opponent. Anaheim, not so much. But Anaheim, look what they did to Toronto. Yeah, they're rolling right now. <laughs> they're rolling right They've now. won one. They've won one in a row. And then Saturday is the Nashville Predators, and the Preds have kind of scuffled a little bit. They haven't been great. To start they they the haven't been great. Um, once the Canucks are done with this homestand, they head back east for an Eastern Canada road trip through Ottawa, Montreal, Toronto. I think they might finish it off back-to-back Toronto and Boston but I'm not 100% sure about that. I don't mm-hmm. have the schedule right in front of me. Um, again, though, like we've been talking about this, it was a great performance on Friday, and that followed up a win over Seattle. And the Seattle win was good because it was a win, but it wasn't an impressive performance. Maybe it was gritty and gutsy. Mm-hmm. JT Miller blocking shots, three fights, but the Canucks didn't play well against the Kraken. They played well against the Penguins, and I really hope – that with that performance, a few days off, they can regroup, have some good feelings because apparently this team needs good vibes in order to win games and really start rattling some wins off because I want to put this hole that the Canucks have dug behind us as quickly as possible. Sure. Remember last season. It was, what, 22 games in, something along those lines, before Bruce Boudreaux was brought in? So there wasn't – there was – there was a lot of the season left, don't get me wrong, but the hole they had built was going to take a long, long time to dig out of. The Canucks can do it a bit quicker this time around, but it's a big if. They've got to put consistent games together. It, they can't just say, well, we played well against Pittsburgh. I'm sure we'll play well again. One of the things that Bruce Boudreaux said earlier in the season, and I thought this was a pretty smart thing, is that sometimes when you struggle out of the gates – You learn right away that you need to play with good habits in order to win games. And once you start winning some games with those good habits, maybe that will carry on with you for the rest of the season. House of positivity, attitude, sure. But we'll take it at this point. Uh, Coming up on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650, Ian McIntyre, iMac, is going to join us as we continue the Canucks conversation on your home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650. After iMac, we are going to do some What We Learns. We are going to give away not one but two pairs of tickets to the best What We Learn submissions. Hashtag them WWL, add the ticket emoji, and text it to 650-650. You are listening to Sportsnet. 650. This is the best of Halford and Bruff. Download the full show through Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.